Welcome to the Faith Heights Church audio podcast. We pray that this message will bless you and feed your faith as you listen in today. I believe it was two Sundays ago, I I sensed impressed to the Lord to talk a little bit about vision. And I, I don't know if it's just because 2020, you know, vision, we're, we're in 2020 now. Uh, it, maybe this is year for people who have bad eyesight to get 2020 vision. <laughs> uh, but seriously, um, and, and that's, I'm not saying that couldn't happen, but the Lord led me about two weeks ago to teach the church today, uh, back then, and to continue today on something that I believe will absolutely change your life from the inside out. You know, a lot of times we're looking for help out here, but greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. And so I wanted to show you some things. And so I'm going to give you the title here. Now, sometimes titles change because I don't know everything until I start preaching exactly what we're going to hear. Because most of what I share is not on my notes. I believe it's just the anointing of the Lord. I know it is. To his people, giving you exactly what you need. It's this. Start beholding. Start becoming. Now, it'll make more sense to you in just a minute. Start beholding, and you'll start becoming what you're beholding. The phrase is this, you become what you behold. It's a principle of God, and the enemy also tries to get people operating this in the negative. You behold something long enough, it will change you. (laughs) Now, we're talking not just about looking at things with these eyes, but pictures on the inside you start to develop and allow yourself to start seeing on the inside. Now you're getting into even more powerful spiritual laws than just what you see with your physical eyes. But it's very important what you see with your physical eyes because it starts developing pictures in the area of your life called imagination. And imaginations can be amazing wonderful and good, or they can be a curse to your life, depending on what pictures you're building on the inside of you. It's a spiritual thing. It's powerful. And actually, we're going to find out later that God gave us mighty weapons to pull down wrong images that are on the inside of us. Because if we don't pull them down, they will pull us down eventually. Imagination is powerful. Ask Mickey Mouse. (laughs) Anybody see Fantasmic? Some imagination, huh? (laughs) Okay, so 2 Corinthians, let's look here at 2 Corinthians chapter 3. (laughs) Rachel would have loved that, huh? 2 Corinthians 3, look at verse 18. Now, the context is... Looking into the scriptures. And we'll read that in a minute. We'll go back. But look at verse 18. Paul said, by the Spirit of God, but we all. Everybody say all. All. So this is about me. But we all with open face, beholding as in a mirror. Now he's talking about reading the scriptures. If you read the previous verses, he's talking about reading the scriptures. You want to see that? Back up to verse 14. But their minds were blinded. Everybody say blinded. 
Their minds were blinded, for until this day there remains the same veil untaken away in the reading of the Old Testament, which veil is done away in Christ. So the Jewish people who never turned to Jesus still have a veil in front of their face. But as soon as they turn to the Lord, the veil is gone. And they see things they had never seen before about the Messiah, the Christ, how scriptures were fulfilled. But until they turn to the Lord, it says in verse 15, But even unto this day, when Moses is read, the Old Testament's read, the veil's upon their heart. Nevertheless, when it, the heart, shall turn to the Lord, the veil shall be taken away. Now the Lord is that spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. But we all, with open face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, were changed into the same image we're beholding. From glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. Now, what you just read there, what you, what I, you just heard me quote there, is one of the most powerful things about the human being and the potential of the human being that God put in us that you'll ever find in all the scriptures. The ability to see things on the inside and it actually change who you are, what you are. This is what we're talking about tonight is seeing wonderful things coming out of your life and coming to your life because of what you choose to behold in your life. Now, this is talking about looking into the scriptures and looking into them, not as a history book to see what they did and what Joshua did and what Moses did. And what Jesus did, he's talking about looking in the scriptures like you're looking at yourself in a mirror. Say, turn your neighbor and say, here we go. <laughs> he's, is he not, he's talking about looking at the Bible like it's a mirror so we can see ourselves. We're not looking to see just historical characters. We're looking in to see how we really look in Christ. When we're looking at Jesus and others that were following the Lord with all their heart. He's saying, guys, don't get excited about what all these people did only. Get excited about you doing the same thing because this is a mirror. I mean, did not Jesus himself say, hey, believer, you're a believer. The works that I do shall you do also and greater works than these shall you do because I go to my father. Do you know in 1 John, you know it says, as he is, so are we in this world? I'm quoting scripture. How is he? Oh, he's fine. <laughs> Healthy, strong, overcoming, blessed. Above all the powers of the enemy. As he is, so... Now, why isn't it seen in a lot of people's lives? They haven't, behold, they haven't <coughs> beholden that truth long enough. Right. So they were changed into the same image. Now, you know why the devil doesn't want you going to church and hearing revelation knowledge? Now, do you know why the devil doesn't want you reading your Bible, listening to uh, sermons throughout the day? Now, you know why? He doesn't want these pictures in you that will change you into the same image that the Bible's talking about. You become what you behold. And this scripture is talking to born-again believers changing now, wait a second, Pastor. I'm already born again. I'm already going to heaven. I got everything there is. If you did, then why did he say, Behold and be changed from glory to glory? If he had everything, he already... Why would he say, 
No, we're, we're, we're born again, we're going to heaven, but that doesn't mean we've developed into the fullness of the stature of Christ. That doesn't mean we're getting results like Him yet in the earth realm and our prayers and our ministering to other people and our success in living for the Lord. But this scripture says if you want to be more and more like Jesus in thought, in action, in motive, in success, in results, you better keep looking in the mirror. It does something to your spirit. It does something to the pictures you have on the inside of you, your inner dialogue, which has more to do with how you live and what you have in life than most people realize. Say inner dialogue. dialogue. (laughs) See, the reason our inner dialogue needs to be proper is so the inner pictures on the inside of us are proper. Tell you, when something gets to the picture stage, you know, the image and a nation image, when it gets to the image stage, it's either really, really good, if it's a good thing, or you're really close to some other things happening that you don't want to happen. Now, I thought it was interesting in verse 14 that it says their minds were blinded. So this whole passage is talking about what you're looking at, what you see, what you don't see. So let's read now in in verse 18. Let's go a little bit into chapter 4 here and see a little bit about the devil's work in this area to try to keep us from seeing these good things so that we're not changed into the same image. Verse 18 says, We all, with open face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, the Word of God, were changed into the same image that we're viewing from glory to glory. It's a step-by-step process, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. Therefore, seeing. Everybody say seeing. Therefore, seeing, we have this ministry as we have received mercy, we faint not, but have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. Look at verse 3 and 4. But if our good news that we're preaching is hidden, it's hidden to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. So Satan is in the blinding mind business. He has so many people's minds blinded. There there are some people so blinded, they don't think they need Jesus. It's called blindness. And the enemy wants to blind. He wants to blind everybody's mind from the good news because he knows If they keep hearing and seeing the good news, it's going to change them into the same image they're looking at. The scriptures, the Lord himself, the victory he walked in, the victory Paul walked in. If you keep beholding that, the enemy knows, I've got to interrupt this this process of them seeing. He's in the mind-blinding business. You know... He, he works and, and he, he does everything he can to keep people. He can't make us do it. He has to, you know, deceive people. But he does not want us seeing what this book is talking about. Because it'll change things. You won't just learn. You will change. 
Now, I want to get into some things here. Now, I, I want to, I don't know if any of you heard, and I don't, I never read the book personally, but I remember seeing a book by a, a and I know Stephen, you'll know this, probably some others too. There, a book, I believe there's a book out on the market by a man named Zig Ziglar entitled See You at the Top. Anybody ever hear that book? See You at the Top. Now, I think what Zig Ziglar meant when he titled it, I could be wrong, but I think what he meant was, um, hey guys, know and do the things I discuss in this book that have put me on the top, and I'll eventually see you on the top too. I don't know if that's, I think that's probably why he titled it that way. See you at the top. I, I found some things. I learned some things. I got to the top. Do what I did in this book, and I'll see you at the top. I read it like this, though, one day. See you at the top right now. But I'm not there. Exactly. See yourself there. See yourself there. It'll stir up the God potential on the inside of you to help you get there. Now, 2 Corinthians, the scripture we just read, if we behold, constantly we're going to become what we're beholding. Now you know why the enemy has a big grip on media. I mean, it could be used for good, but the enemy has known this. He's known this for thousands of years. He's seen God operate through eternity past, at least since the day he was created. But he has seen this. He's seen, man, if I can get human beings to see something long enough, even if they hate it at first, they'll start to desire it after a while. You know, when the devil came to Eve, and I don't know what Eve was doing hanging around the tree, but she was hanging around the tree she wasn't supposed to eat of, and the devil comes up in the form of a serpent, slithers his way in, you know, the, the garden there, and says, hey, um, has God said you, uh, you should not eat of all the trees of the garden? He, she said, no. He said, we were not, she said, we're not supposed to eat of the one tree, the knowledge of good and evil. And so the devil's talking to her about this tree and you know, trying to get her to desire this thing God said to stay away from. And it said she saw. She saw. She looked. She saw the tree was good fruit and all this. She saw. What if she didn't see? Well, she wouldn't know where to pick, right? So you have to really watch out about what you're looking at. Because there are certain things, if you look at them, they do good for you. But there's other things, if you look at them, they defile you. Are you listening? Do you ever watch something or a movie and hear certain words throughout the movie or see certain things and after the movie is over? If you're a believer, I'm sure you felt this. If you, if you don't feel this and you are a believer and you watch all kinds of you know, sexuality and F word 500 times and all this stuff, if you don't feel dirty after that, you probably have gotten calloused, insensitive to what you used to be sensitive toward in your pure heart. But you ever, you ever, anybody ever feel dirty after you saw something? Just didn't, it's like... I shouldn't have watched that. I don't know how many movies we've walked out of. There's some things, even PG-13 movies at times, we had to get up and walk out of because the stuff that they were doing on the screen was like, the Jesus in me didn't want to stay, so I went with Jesus. We left. I could have, I could have shut down, you know. I think the Lord probably would have left and sat on the outside of the building waiting for me. <laughs> but um, 
The reason you feel defiled after listening to certain music and watching certain movies at the time, do you know why you feel defiled if you're a believer? Do you know why? Because of what inspired that movie. Because of what inspired that music. Everything in this natural was inspired by the spiritual realm. Either God or the devil and his demons. And the reason sometimes you feel dirty, that's why Paul said in 2 Corinthians 7, let us cleanse ourselves of all filthiness of flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Just going through this world, you're going to get some dirt on you. Doesn't mean you're lost. Doesn't mean you're not saved. But you do need at times to take a shower. You know what I mean? Get in the Word, the washing of the water of the Word. I mean, there's been times I, I, after I watched a certain movie, I had to get in the Word for a while. I just didn't feel right. And I've learned since then, though, to not even finish a movie just because there's a good storyline. I don't like to, to wade through smut and all kinds of stuff. And we don't do that. And we haven't watched R-rated movies for decades. But even some PG-13 movies, you've got to watch out about. Even some older PG movies, you've got to watch out about. It's always good to check out a review from like Plugged In or Crosswalk or Pat Robertson, CBN, before you watch it because it might save you a little bit of money. Um, it's very important, you know, we're, we're called to live separated lives. I don't know if you knew that, but we're, we're called to be separate. Come out among them, be ye separate, saith the Lord, and I'll be unto you a father and you'll be my children. There should be a separation of our lifestyles from other people who aren't born again. I'm not into this all-inclusive thing. I hate the bumper sticker. It's got the pentagram. It's got some weird sickle. It's got, you know, the Star of David. It's got this. It's got that. Oh, and then there's a cross at the end. Coexist. Sorry, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. We love everybody. We love people. We love everybody on this planet. But I do not, uh, you do not have to agree with everybody's funky ways to love them. There are some things that are flat out evil. You know, I, sometimes people go, I don't know about all these do's and don'ts. And I don't know about all these do's and don'ts. I'm a Christian. I'm saved and by grace. And I don't know about it. So what you're saying is, anything goes. Anything. Do whatever you want. Well, no. Well, then you just said there was, what about, I don't get all these do's and don'ts. Well, if there's no do's and don'ts, that means you can do anything your flesh wants to do. I don't know about you, but I believe in some do's and don'ts. Yep. <laughs> All right, so let me get back to this now. So, here, here's something that I want to say, and we'll back it up with scriptures. If you can see it, if it, if it can get to that picture stage on the inside of you, you can be it. Why would God give you the ability to dream it and then say, you can't have it? Why would he give us the ability to dream if we couldn't have it? That'd be mean. Dreams are never intended to stay in the dream zone. Dreams are supposed to happen. But a lot of people haven't been focused long enough on God's dream for their life to where the things that need to happen and develop could develop and things could materialize. You know, our tendency is to constantly work out here. 
three more jobs, you know, uh, work harder, work later. If I'm going to get up, I got to do this. I got to do that. And I got to do this. You know, really, we need to slow down at times and work on some inward things that have the potential and power beyond the flesh to produce supernaturally in our lives. Turn with me to the next scripture in uh, Genesis 13. I think I shared this two weeks ago. I want to share it again now. It's a kind of a personal testimony. It is a personal testimony. Carla and I were driving back from Denver a couple years ago, and we decided just to pray in the Spirit. You know, we, we prayed in tongues, prayed with the understanding. Just The Bible says, He that speaks in an unknown tongue speaks not unto men, but unto God. No man understands him, howbeit in the Spirit he speaks mysteries. So we just decided to communicate with the Lord for about two hours, two and a half hours. It was like a three and a half hour, four hour trip. But we prayed for about two and a half hours, mostly in other tongues or in the Spirit. And just decided just to pray and just commune with God. And I'm driving, you know, drinking my iced tea, and she's praying in tongues in the, in the passenger seat, drinking her whatever, Coke or whatever. And we're just praying. First hour just felt as dry as ever. You know, first hour and a half still felt really dry. But around the second hour of praying in the Spirit, the Holy Spirit started giving me pictures of my life in the future if I keep following Him. I am talking about levels of maturity and prosperity and success in ministry, being a better husband, whole night. The Holy Spirit started giving me, it says in Psalm 89, God speaks in vision. He, when, he, he wants you to see things when He speaks, not just know things. He wants you to see things. I mean, if He says, by His stripes you were healed, don't just see the words on the paper, see you healed. I just can't do that. Work on it. Get pictures of a healed person. Cut your head off on Photoshop and put your head on the healed person. The one that's jumping over the, you know, the, the, the thing within track. You know, they're jumping over the, long, the hurdle. I'm serious. If you can find scripture for it, find a picture that goes with it. God told Abraham, Abraham, come on, man. We got to get some vision in you. Come outside. Look at the stars. Why? Why God say, Abraham, look at the stars? Because that's how many kids you're going to have. And keep looking. One, two, three, four, five. I'm going to have a lot of kids. Sarah, I hope you can handle it. Genealogy. Okay. So, so let me, now, now think about this. This is so, I, I need to show you some scriptures in Genesis. Where did I tell you to go? Genesis. Huh? Genesis Of what? Genesis. Genesis 13? Look at this, church. Go to Genesis 13. I got so excited when I started seeing this because I realized my success is more up to me than anybody else. Me doing what God told me to do. There's a supernatural power most people on this planet are not using. They're not they think imagination is just to stay in the imagination zone. Dreams are just to stay in the dream zone. Dreams are just to give you a little bit of a, a, little, a little bit of nice feeling in your trudgery through this life. And, you know, oh, it's such a great dream, but it'll never happen. Exactly what the devil wants you to think. Genesis 13, and let's look, start at verse 14. Genesis 13, 14. Everybody's there but the pastor. All right, verse 14, you ready? And the Lord said unto Abraham, after that lot was separated from him, Lift up now your eyes and look. 
Stop. Look at here for a second. He's about ready to tell him to look at something in the natural so he starts to see something in the spiritual. He's telling him to look at something out here so he starts getting a picture of it in here. And it had to do with him. See, God, it's great to memorize scriptures. It's great to, you know, to, to be able to quote things out of your brain. But really, what the Lord wants is when he speaks a word to you, he wants to see, he wants you to see you with that word working in your life, not just memorizing ink on paper. He wants you to see you different because of that word he gave you. He doesn't want you just to be able to put those sentences together and see black letters in your mind. He wants you to see you changed by the promise. You got to see you changed. And this, you know, you can quote scriptures and still not see you living in those scriptures. It's almost like the goal is for these words to become pictures inside of you. And then you need to hold on to those pictures. Don't get so carnal and worldly where it becomes black and white again. Stay, keep it in full color by looking at it. Talk, so I'm driving, you know, so we're coming back from Denver and the Holy Spirit starts showing me pictures. I'm talking about colors of vehicles I saw myself in. Aircraft I saw myself in. Private Church, people, packed. And what's so interesting about it is he gave me the initial vision, but I had to start reminding myself of it. My part now begins. He helped me to see it. Now I got to keep seeing it. I have to bring it back. High level stuff. You know, whatever you wished you were like, Find scriptures that promise you that kind of a life and start seeing yourself there already. Read on here. The Lord said unto Abram, Lift up now your eyes and look from the place where you are northward and southward and eastward and westward. For all the land which you see, to you will I give it and to your seed forever. So, is he saying if you can see it, you can have it? Now, there's a spiritual principle here. How far can you see? Because he said, as far as you can see, it's yours. I don't know. I, I mean, no, no, I don't what, what What would have Abraham got if he had a helicopter? He can go a lot higher and see a lot more. I mean, this is so interesting. God's telling Abraham, Abraham, look, look all around you. And as far as you can see, everybody say, as far as I can see, you can have it. Take this in the spiritual sense. How far can you see spiritually? How many promises can you comprehend belong to you and that you can actually walk in? Now, look at this. Keep, keep reading just for a minute here. Look at them. Verse 15, For the land which you see will I give it and your seed forever. And I'll make your seed as the dust of the earth, so that if a man can number the dust of the earth, they shall also, this shall also, then shall your seed also be numbered. 
Arise, walk through the land and the length of it and then the breadth of it, for I will give it unto you. God's telling them, look at this. <laughs> Go to Genesis 15. I want to show you some more things here before our time runs out. Genesis 15, verses 1 through 6. After these things, the word of the Lord came unto Abram in a vision. He saw something. Saying, Fear not, Abraham, I'm your shield and your exceeding great reward. Abraham said, Lord God, what will you give me, seeing I go childless in the steward of my house is Eleazar of Damascus? And Abraham said, Behold, to me you have given no seed. And lo, one born in my house is and the one born in my house is my heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, This shall not be your heir. But he that shall come forth out of your own bowels shall be your heir. And he brought him forth abroad and said, Look, aha, again, Abraham, i got to get you a vision straightened out here. Look now toward heaven and tell the stars, if you be able to number them. He said unto him, So shall your seed be. And he believed the Lord. And he counted it unto him for righteousness. God has to get us seeing what he wants to do for us. God has to get us seeing what He wants to do for us so He can do it for us. There's two kinds of people in this world. People, there's people that are letting things happen and there's people that are making things happen. God's given us tools and abilities and God-like qualities that if we use them properly, we can make things happen that people said was impossible. Let's go back in time just a little bit. Go to Genesis 11. Let's see this working in the negative. I mean, let's face it. If positive imaginations can do great things, negative imaginations can do destructive things. Because it's a power. It works in the positive or the negative. Now, I know we all love to just sit down in front of the TV and, and watch television. Nothing wrong with that. You know, I just think you need to be disciplined in it. I mean, I think if we watch four hours of TV a day and we pray for 15 minutes, it's probably something needs to be corrected and adjusted. But um, we're sitting in front of a television, right? What are we doing? We are beholding other people's visions. How they succeeded. What they're doing in life. The great things they're achieving too. And all the while, our vision is doing nothing. Now I think television could be used in a positive way that will actually help you with your vision. I mean, there's times I've watched things, even good movies, where the Spirit of God spoke to me and said, apply what you just got there to your life and what I've called you to do and use that to help you and inspire you. It's awesome. <clears throat> so in Genesis 11, let's look here in verse 5 through 7. Imagination can be the greatest blessing or the greatest curse. So it says, uh, Genesis 11, in verse 5. And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the children of men builded. Next verse. And the Lord said, check it out. The people is one. Uh-oh. And they all have one language. And this they begin to do. And God said, now nothing 
will be restrained from them which they have imagined to do. And they were building a tower to try to reach heaven to play God and all this stuff. And it was not right. They were in one accord about the wrong thing. And they were operating in supernatural power. And God said, if they keep going this direction because of what I put in man, nothing will be restrained from them which they've imaged, imagined to do. They all were talking a certain way. And they all heard certain words. And they all had certain pictures on the inside of them. And they were in one accord about it. And they were doing a supernatural thing that was not the will of God. And God had to come down and mess it up. But notice what he messed up so that this process would stop. Next verse. God said, go to, let us go down and confound their language that they may not understand one another's speech. God, now listen closely. God had to confound their language because their words were producing images that were unlocking their godlike potential to create. I'm going to say it again. God had to confound their language because the words they were speaking were producing images that were unlocking their godlike potential to create. You get a whole church. Speaking the same thing, like Paul said in 1 Corinthians 1.10, that I would that you all speak the same thing. You get a whole church in one accord, saying the same thing, building the same pictures on the inside of them, nothing will be restrained from us, which we've imagined to do. There's no TV station we can't get on. There's no place in this country we can't go and build a church. There's no outreach we can't do. There's nothing would be restrained from them, which if this worked in the negative and God himself said, wow, these guys are on a roll. They're just rolling the wrong way here. Um, if, if I don't do something here, they're going to build this tower and it's going to really mess things up for man. Nothing will be restrained from them, which they've imagined. How did it get to the image stage? How did it get to the imagination stage? They were all talking the same thing. They were sharing back and forth. They were getting excited about a plan that was not the will of God. And it was going to come to pass unless the Lord stepped in. He stepped in here, but he doesn't always step in. This was a very interesting situation where God actually stepped in and did this. But he'll let people dream and imagine wrong things all their life. You ever hear, or you ever hear yourself or somebody else say, after they made a terrible mistake, operated on something that they shouldn't have operated, did something they shouldn't have done, say, man, I cannot believe I did that. How in the world did that? happened not overnight <laughs> right something was built on the inside something started to become clear and you started to see something now I want to do this let's let's um let me uh let me just say a couple words about vision boards and write the vision okay let, let me let me try to get this out in the time we have. Unless I need to skip to something that I need to... Let's see. Let me say this about that scripture we just read. All Satan can do... All Satan can do is to get us to use our God-given powers against ourselves. He has to get a child of God 
to use their God-given power to imagine, their God-given ability to speak. We're not like the animals. We can speak rational words. All the devil can do to hurt people is to get those people to use their God-given imagination, their God-given faith, their God-given ability to speak against themselves by talking, thinking, imagining wrong things long enough until they build desires and lo and behold, they start doing it. I mean, let's face it. If the devil could just come up and kill somebody, we'd all be dead. He needs our permission. And a lot of people are ignorantly giving the enemy permission by letting the enemy tell them what to think, letting the enemy tell them what to say, uh, letting the enemy work through the flesh and tell them what to imagine. It is dangerous to imagine wrong things day after day. Like God, in order for the devil to get his will manifested in our lives, he's got to get us to see it and believe it. God's got to get us to see the Scriptures and then see us in the Scriptures and to believe the Scriptures before God can do things in our life. The devil has to get us to see things he wants us to see, believe those things, see us that way, so he can get things in our life. It's a process. I say yield to God, not the devil. Okay. Now turn to Joshua, in Joshua chapter 6. I did want to go to this before we um, talk about that, that vision board. Joshua 6, Old Testament, and we're going to read verse 1 and verse 2. Everybody there in Joshua 6? Joshua is at the brink of the promised land. He's about to lead a million plus Israelites over into the promised land. Taking the place of Moses. And God had something to say to Joshua. Are you ready? Now Jericho was straightly shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out and none came in. And the Lord said unto Joshua, Interesting. What did the Lord say to Joshua? Now this is a little different than Abraham. Because God's telling Joshua to see something in his heart and in his mind. What did God tell Joshua? Buddy, you got to see something before you do this thing. You got to see something before you get this promise. You got to see something before you be something. If you can see it, you can be it. Let me say this. This is a very important phrase, key phrase. Are you ready? If you can see it, let's say if you can see yourself healthy, if you can see yourself wealthy, if you can see yourself strong, if you can see yourself preaching in front of that many people, if you can see yourself doing this, if you can see it, huh? I'm talking about godly things, things that are in line with life. If you can see it, you can be it. But here's the key phrase. If you can see it, you can be it. If you continue to see it, you will be it. Did you catch that? If you can see it, you can be it. But if you continue to see it, you will be it. You know, really, if we work on our vision, our vision will work on our future for us. I like even the, I like even the talk at times about setting goals because God wants us to be shooting for things. He wants hope in our lives. He wants us to go forward with hope and expectation. I like goal setting because I like to pray and then dream as if all things were possible. There's times I just like to freely write. 
I might be writing out goals that are going to come to pass 25 years from now, but you know what? I'm going to write them out anyway. I'll prioritize them later. I'm just going to write freely right now. I'm going to pray and dream like all things are possible. I want to do this. I want to be this. I want to go higher in this. I want to have this. I want to be able to give this. Just write it all down like money was no option. Just write it all down. What it? it gets the juices flowing. It gets your God potentials flowing and stirred up. I like to set goals that require I become better to reach them. That cause me to stretch. I like to set goals that make me a better person by obtaining them. So now I'm not just getting a thing, I'm becoming a better person in the process. Set goals that require you grow up to even achieve them. Stretch a little. Go higher. We're not better as far as value. I'm talking about better in what you do. Better in your services to others. <laughs> Anybody having fun? So in Joshua, now listen to this. See, I have given you the land. Can you go back to that scripture? See, I have given you the land. Joshua 6, 1 and 2. See, I have given you the land. I've given into your hand Jericho, the city of Jericho, and the king thereof, and the mighty men of valor. Next verse. And you shall compass a city, all you men of war, go round about the city once, thus shall you do six days. So I thought this was interesting that God told Joshua, see, I have given you the land. Now listen, God said to see Jericho while he was, let me slow down. God told Joshua, Joshua, see Jericho is yours while the giants still live there. The giants still live there at this time. And God's saying, see you there. See you there. See, now we're going beyond just quoting scriptures. We're seeing ourselves in those scriptures. God's telling Joshua, see yourself in this land right now where the giants are. God wanted Joshua to see himself in the land others were presently occupying. Isn't that what he said? Giants are in the land, but God says, Joshua, see you there. See, I've given you this land. I've given you this land. That's amazing. <laughs> oh, the, the devil doesn't want you seeing. He knows the power of imagination. Yeah. All right, so let's just go to uh, one more scripture here. In, um, well, let's, let's Habakkuk 2. And we'll close with this. So, I like to have pictures in front of me that I know are things that God said I could have and wants me to have. Or things about myself. Um, th there's certain things you can... Pictures. God said, look at the stars. Look at the sand. Right? L look at this. Look, as far as you can see. What did that do? It helped his faith. It said after he saw that, he believed. It becomes more believable when you put you in there. Instead of, oh, I know Kenneth Copeland, and oh, I know Pastor so-and-so, but me, I'm just a Christian, I'm just a believer. you got just as much access to God as I do. <laughs> you have just as much faith as I do. Mine may be a little more developed, yours may be a little more whatever, but we've got the same. God didn't shower one person with more than another. So Habakkuk 2, verses, I think it's verse 1 and 2. Go ahead and put it up there. Next verse. The Lord answered me and said, write the vision. I tell you, when you start writing things down, it shows you're serious. 
Write the vision, make it plain. Make it so plain, make it so clear that every time you look at it, it stirs you up to do what you're supposed to do to achieve it. Yeah. I mean, get it in full color. Put it on video. Find a touching song. Do whatever you got to do. So every time you see that vision, it stirs up something on the inside of you to do what's necessary to reach it. Make it plain that they, upon tables that they may run that readeth it. So I asked you this question, I think it was two weeks ago. I'm going to ask it to you again now. What needs to happen in the next 12 months in order for you to say December 31st, 2020, I just had the most amazing year of my life? What needs to happen in my life in the next 12 months? What substantial things need to happen in my life in the next 12 months so that at December 31st, I declare 2020 has been the absolute most amazing year of my life. When you answer those questions, write them down. What needs to happen in the next 12 months for you to say that at the end of this year? What needs to happen? Well, I need to get this raise, or, or I need to obtain this, or I need to get that, or I need to be more like this, or I need to be more like that, I need to be better at this. Write it down. And after you write it down, get it in picture form somehow, some way. And get what we like to call a vision board. A vision wall. I mean, if, if there's a certain body shape that you would like to have, that you could develop into over the next 12 months, <laughs> this will help you. This, this will give you spiritual power to see that come to pass, not just trying harder in the flesh only. A lot of people are trying so hard to get the certain goals, but they're only using natural physical effort. There's a spiritual power you can get on the scene and go even quicker and higher. Oh, come on, did you see it? What, what, does, what does nothing shall be restrained from them which they have imagined to, to do remind you of? Jesus. All things are possible to him that believeth. So, similar results. Okay, one is using the word believe, but the other is words using imagination. But what is believing? It's seeing something before it happens. Believing is seeing you got something before you got it. Believing is seeing you somewhere before you're there. Believing is not just words. Believing is a picture on the inside of you that you see because of the Word of God, and now you can release your faith, and it's not just words out of your head, it's words out of that imagination part of your life, your heart. That's when things start to change. You can have fun with this. Now, in my house, I have a vision wall. <laughs> um, it's not like you think. It's not like every square inch of the wall. I've got a vision wall, and I've also got a vision board. Because I ask myself, what needs to happen in the next 12 months in my personal life and ministry? What needs to happen in the next 12 months so that December 31st of this year, I look back and go, wow, 2020 was absolutely the most amazing year of my life. Write down what would have to happen for you to say that and then start building a vision board. Cutting out pictures, go to Google Images, go get a corkboard, go do whatever you got, do a wall like I did, whether it's a new house or God is not against us having this world's goods. He just doesn't want us 
loving those things more than him. He doesn't want us loving things at all. Anything that becomes more important to God, even a blessing that he gives you, you're in danger of losing it anyway. I, I like I know this that the clearer your vision and your goals are, it's like a stronger and stronger magnet. The clearer your goal, the more it pulls you toward doing what you need to do for it to become a reality in your life. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. For more information about this ministry, visit faithheights.org. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. To sow into this ministry, visit faithheights.org 